Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I don't care who you are. I don't think anybody expected that. What's up, everybody? Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Big Sky Conference play opened up. Sac State and Idaho, as advertised, came down to the wire. I think we, a lot of us expected that. Number four versus number seven at the Kibbe Dome. Montana went to Flagstaff and laid an egg. The Grizz, I was really trying to think about this. One of the most shocking, surprising, and if you're a Grizz fan, Grizz follower, disappointing losses in the history of University of Montana football. I don't think that's hyperbole. Certainly among, if not the most shocking and, quite frankly, worst losses of Bobby Houck's career uh, in a, a conference game. And uh, a historic win for Northern Arizona. The first time they've ever beaten Montana with Bobby Houck as the head coach, the Grizz fall in Flagstaff 28-14. to And in a lot of ways, it wasn't even that close. Grizz offense was completely and totally anemic. They gave up eight sacks. They turned the ball over in bunches. And uh, when the dust settles, a previously winless NAU team renders Montana 0-1 in Big Sky Conference play. I also think some people maybe thought that Montana State would go down to Ogden and get a win. I don't think anybody had it at 40 nothing. I mean, the Cats literally, utterly, unequivocally dominated the Wildcats from start to finish. The first shutout of the Brent Vegan era. The first shutout by a Bobcat defense uh, against a Big Sky Conference opponent since 2006. And Montana State, 
winning the game by six touchdowns. They could have won the game by seven touchdowns. They missed two field goals and had two extra points. One missed, one blocked. So that's another eight points left on the field. This thing could have been 48-0 with uh, relative ease, and that's without Tommy Mallott at the helm for the offense. So some surprising results. I don't think the end result of Montana State getting off to a 1-0 start is surprising, but I do think the way the Bobcats did it and sort of the statement they made to the rest of the league, coupled with the fact that the Grizzlies looked uh, so outmatched in Flagstaff, it was a wild opening weekend of Big Sky Conference play. We'll get into all of it during the Montana football hour here uh, for the first hour of your week on Nuanas Now. Hour number two, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornowig will be in studio with us. He was on the call for the television broadcast from Flagstaff. So we get thoughts from him on the Grizz. But the majority of the conversation will be on a wild week three in the NFL I always try to tell you guys, the best teams in the league, when they lose games, it's almost never to the other best teams in the league. It's mostly to teams that aren't very good. And there's such a weird dynamic there. But, I mean, yesterday you see the Cowboys, who it pains me to say, but are certainly one of the best teams in the NFL. Nothing. They look terrible against the Arizona Cardinals. There were several other examples of what I'm talking about. So we'll talk about that dynamic. We'll talk about how tough it is to keep young quarterbacks healthy. I mean, the number one overall pick, Bryce Young, he's already on the bench out with an injury. The number four overall pick, Anthony Richardson for the Indianapolis Colts, he's already out with an injury. Why do young quarterbacks have such a hard time uh, staying healthy? And we'll also talk some historical stuff. Micah Parsons is taking the world by storm right now. There's a whole bunch of really good edge players in the NFL, whether it's Parsons for the Cowboys, Nick Bosa for the 49ers, Miles Garrett for the Cleveland Browns, T.J. Watt for the Pittsburgh Steelers, on and on and on and on. Where do those guys fit into the historical conversation? What does Coach Marty think about sort of the the, the legacy of, of defensive players in the NFL? And uh, what does he think of the current crop compared to the historical crop and some memories from his 25-plus years in the NFL in terms of the best of the best that have played defense in the National Football League? That's all to say we're pretty much talking nothing but football from start to finish here uh, on this Monday, Nuanas Now. You want to stream the show? You always can, 1029ESPN.com or on the ESPN MT app. You want to be a part of the show? You always can as well, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. The Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. And we'll give you an opportunity to win a $50 gift card from Dazzler's Car Wash uh, a little later on here uh, in the first hour of the show. Also got to th- say thanks to Town Pump. We've been putting the miles on for sure, and that's exactly what uh, a whole bunch of us did this last weekend. I was in Ogden. I drove to and from Ogden on Saturday into the wee hours of Sunday morning. I must say it was a great um a great challenge. I don't think I'll do it again. I didn't get home until about 7 o'clock in the morning on uh, Sunday morning. And, you know, then I slept for three hours and then tried to have a normal day. And uh, I was just wrecked. <laughs> I was falling asleep before halftime even of Sunday night football. So, uh, regardless, though, it's fun making the trip. It's fun. The challenge of it all is, is always an interesting one. Happy to have Tom Stuber from Skyline Sports riding shotgun with me. Told a bunch of good stories, had a bunch of good conversations. Andrew Houghton, our producer here uh, at Nuanas Now, as well as a contributing writer and podcaster at Skyline Sports. He was on the highway going up to Moscow to check out that Sac State-Idaho game. 
And Jeff Safford, you've been hearing him once a week here uh, on Nuanas Now for Diamond Time. But that's all over. We're, we're transitioning quickly. It's Grizz, Grizz hockey time now. The Grizz were on the road as well. Uh, Jeff actually was not on the call this weekend. Tucker Sargent took care of the call for us on the Friday and Saturdays. The Grizz uh, beat Eastern Washington pretty handily. But Jeff will be back in the saddle doing some Grizz hockey action this upcoming weekend as well. So stay tuned a little later on this week. Uh, we'll get to all of that. But guys, say thanks to Town Pump for keeping us fueled up. Uh, they got us to Ogden and back. They got us to Moscow and back. Town Pump for all the wild by the mile. Back for yet another year. We'll have a first look for both Montana and Montana State's opponents this week. Homecoming in both Missoula and Bozeman this upcoming weekend. Idaho State will play Montana at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Portland State, who also had a 1-0 start in Big Sky Conference play. They drilled Cal Poly 59-21. The Vikings will be in Bozeman for homecoming. 2 p.m. kickoffs for both of those uh, games. We will also hear from Cody Hawkins and Bruce Barnum, the respective head coaches of ISU and PSU, uh, later on this week. And uh, we will uh, we'll give you a first look at both the Vikings and the Bengals tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we'll give you an opportunity to win some Town Pump. For all the wild by the mile, they're hooking you up with $50 gas cards to Town Pump all season long. So that's coming up a little bit later on this week as well. Uh, my best of the weekend was sending the crew all over the place, uh, covering a variety of different games. Got to say thanks to Andrew for going over to Moscow, but also for helping me out, busting out the Grizz game story on Skyline as well. Uh, the way the crossover worked, I was just getting right into the middle of the uh, the Montana State game, so he was able to bust that out. And, uh, and it was just fun. It's it's gratifying to be able to, to go to all the different places I think a great many of us that got into the sports writing and, and sports broadcasting game, we did it because it's it's a good way to have adventures and, and go meet people and and find stories and uh, see parts of the country. So it's fun being all over the map, fun having coverage from three different places that are you know far flung from each other, Moscow and Ogden and Flagstaff, uh, nowhere close to one another. So it's fun having all the crew uh, all over the place. Also had a fun time on Friday night at the Crosstown matchup between Missoula Sentinel and Missoula Big Sky. It was a good game, went back and forth. Eagles certainly battled. They had the ball down 28-21, but then they threw a crucial interception, and Sentinel turned that into points, so Sentinel wins 35-21. There was a couple other impactful Crosstown games at the AA level on Friday night as well. Bozeman High School outlasts Bozeman Gallatin 24-17. Ian Laird, who's the play-by-play guy for both of those high school football teams, uh, he'll join us tomorrow for our prep extra to talk about the Bozeman Crosstown Clash. And then there was also Crosstown in Helena, and Capital just laid it on Helena High. I was actually a little surprised by that. 35 nothing. the Bruins roll past the Bengals. We'll have a full prep scoreboard for you to start off tomorrow's show as well. And then my last best of the weekend was actually getting to watch some NFL games at my house. I I uh, I was on the road the first week, or I guess the first two weeks of, of the NFL season, so I actually got to watch a few games in the comfort of my own home yesterday. And uh, so that was good. And uh, as always, the NFL never fails uh, to entertain. The um, Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of the Missoula. By the way, Jeff Tex says uh, Joe Burrow's status for tonight still up in the air. Uh, so I guess he hasn't been fully ruled out. I know he was questionable. They said he was going to warm up and it was going to be a game-time decision. Uh, the line hasn't moved really on this in terms of the, the betting line. Uh, the Bengals are three-and-a-half-point favorites still over the Los Angeles Rams. Even with Joe Burrow's status 
uncertain. So we'll, we'll get to that with Coach Marty as well. But thank you for the update, uh, Jeff. Certainly something of in- interest. I mean, Joe Burrow is one of the biggest stars in the NFL, and he is absolutely the key factor if the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be any sort of good. They're off to an 0-2 start. They're trying to avoid an 0-3 start, which would be totally surprising. I think a lot of people were on the Bengals not only to win the AFC North, but to win the AFC even. And uh, so Joe Burrow's uncertain health, certainly a concern um, for the NFL in general. I mean, he is one of the golden boy quarterbacks that they love to promote, and uh, justifiably so. I mean, he's a really, really good player. And uh, so we'll let you know uh, as the status updates continue. Here's your Big Sky Conference scoreboard from the weekend. Number three, Montana State drills Weber State 40-0. to Idaho beats Sac State 36-27, but a little bit deceiving of a score. I, I was I was tripping out when I saw this, Andrew. You were in Moscow. You were doing some great videos from the field. You show the game-winning kick go through, and so I thought oh, Idaho won 30-27. to And then, then I see the final on ESPN, and it said 36-27, and I was like, well, that's just wrong. And even their headline was, Ricardo Chavez kicks game-tying or game-winning field goal with one second to play. Like what happened? So take people through that way that this actual the game actually ended. Yeah, it was wild. Uh, I was right behind the goalpost filming the the kick, of course, and then right. I moved back over to the Idaho sideline because I'm like, well, the kickoff's just a, a a formality. Let's get some reaction shots of the players here at the end. But at the last second, I sort of flipped my phone camera back onto the field. Chavez squibbed it down the field. That's what you want to do. I mean, they've got to play the kickoff. There's one second left on the clock. Squibs it down the field. Sac State didn't really seem like they had a good idea of what they were doing. Uh, the, sure. the, the up back picks it up. He gets, you know, tackled in about five yards. Tries to pitch it back to the guy on the other side of the field. Didn't seem like they were setting up a lateral play or anything because they didn't have, you know, a wedge of blockers over on that side. Just seemed like they were going to play uh, play rugby with it a little bit. Bad pitch, and uh, one of the Idaho special teamers, Armani Arnold, just kind of scoops it up and stumbles into the end zone. I wasn't sure he was going to get there because he was sort of rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, off balance the last 10 yards there. Uh, and, of course, if he goes down, it's not the NFL. <laughs> you're just down when you're down you're in down, college. Right, right. Uh, but he, he sort of dives across the goal line, 36-27. At that point, all the Idaho guys are running out on the field, and I'm running behind them with my camera just, just trying to get it all. So, yeah. Uh, a game that was was really good and had some crazy back and forth, but sort of just went to another level of craziness in the last second there. Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. More Big Sky scores for you. Idaho State gets on the board, 35-21 over Northern Colorado. We talked about that game last week as a huge game just because those two teams are going to struggle to get wins during the conference season. So Idaho getting one, Idaho State getting one, excuse me, Uh First win of Cody Hawkins' career. They, they played a tough non-conference. They went 0-3, but now they got a, a victory. So we'll see. Ed Lamb still looking for his first victory at Northern Colorado. Portland State, they poured it on Cal Poly. They're up 52 to, I think, 7 at halftime. They scored 52 unanswered points. Took the foot off the gas a little bit, but they still cruised to a 59-21 win. So that's, I don't know, do the math. 150 points the last two weeks for Portland State. That's pretty funny. Granted, 91 of them came against North American, but... Uh, Imagine if Cal Poly hadn't scored that early touchdown, right? It would have right. been like 150 straight, straight points. points. Yeah. Un- unreal. <laughs> Regardless, Portland State off to a 1-0 start. They're uh, coming to uh, to Bozeman. And then in a really good game, Eastern Washington continues to surprise. They get a 27-24 win over UC Davis. So... Um, there's your roundabout way of, of uh, rounding up the Big Sky Conference. 
But as always, we center our focus upon the Montana schools. And I do think that what happened on Saturday for each respective Montana school, for better or worse, a great many, if not most of you out there listening, are followers of Montana or Montana State. And the rivalry runs so deep that both sides of the rivalry are always playing off each other, wondering about each other, and speculating about each other. And then when the Grizz, anytime the Grizz lose, it's one of the leading headlines on any any form of media, whether it's this radio show or Skyline Sports or the evening news or, or whatever it might be. The Cats winning lately is, has not been that surprising because they've been so dang good. But when the Cats go on the road and beat the number nine team in the country 40-0 to zero and look like an absolute juggernaut, like it, I mean, it, it was a no contest. I was there in Ogden. Even though the Cats actually made a whole bunch of mistakes, they rendered Weber irrelevant. I, I couldn't even give you an evaluation of almost anything Weber State did on offense because it was just so nothing. Weber didn't run the ball at all. They didn't throw the ball at all. Their offense looked completely anemic. So much of that is because of how well I think Montana State's play it on all three levels of their defense. But it starts up front and it starts in the back. Those are the two key factors for MSU right now. Their line play and all the stuff they do with their defensive line is uh, operating at an incredibly efficient and high level right now. And you compare that, you pair that, excuse me, with the coverage they're getting on the back end and the tackling they're getting from their safeties, and all of a sudden this Bobcat defense looks like the best in the conference, bar none. You pair that with an offense that it doesn't matter if Tommy Mallott, one of your best players, is out, and they can still just roll up you know, 500-plus yards of total offense on... I mean, the Cats ran 62 plays for 518 yards. That's almost 10 yards per play. They averaged 21 yards per pass and 7.7 yards per rush. I mean... You put up that level of efficiency, and then you also start dominating the field position battle. You're, you're, if, you, if the Cats rush for 345 yards, win the turnover battle, dominate the field position battle, their defense plays like that, and they're also explosive when they throw the ball, They're not. no one's going to beat them until they get to the, the uh, deep into the playoffs at the very earliest. Montana State looked as good as I've seen them look uh, on Saturday in Ogden, Utah. The Grizz, on the other hand, Man, I'm not I'm not ready to completely sound the alarm because I do think the Grizz still have uh, some pretty good players on their roster, and I think that um, I mean their head coach for all of of uh, the the criticisms of Bobby Houck lately, he still has won over a hundred games at Montana. He's got seven Big Sky Conference championship rings. That's the ultimate question right now for the Grizz, though. At what point does all of that history and tradition and lineage and all that stuff? At what point does that not matter anymore? At what point is your greatest teams and all your great successes so far in the past that it's irrelevant to even talk about? Because what you saw on Saturday was a Montana team that doesn't look like they're in the top half of the Big Sky Conference. You can spin it however you want. Northern Arizona's not good. Northern Arizona was defeated coming into this game. Northern Arizona was off to their first 0-3 start since 1971. Northern Arizona's head coach, Chris Ball, is coaching for his job right now. Northern Arizona had, for example, had three sacks on the season coming into this game, and they had seven or eight. They're still going back and forth with the official statistics, but I believe that they settled upon seven official sacks in this game. They held Montana to less than a yard a carry running the ball. 
if it wasn't for a couple of turnovers early where the Grizz got the ball down uh, by the goal line, the Grizz might have got shut out. They looked non-functional on offense. The run game couldn't get any push. They were getting all sorts of negative plays and getting behind the sticks. The offensive line couldn't protect Sam Vidlak at quarterback. The Grizz have been running this dual quarterback system for the non-conference, and that was thrown out the window. They just rolled with Vidlak for the entire game, and he ends up finishing 23 of 37 for only 210 yards and uh, threw a pick and was uh, was under pressure from, from start to finish. And then you talk about defensively, they looked unprepared for Adam DeMonte, the uh, freshman quarterback for Northern Arizona who made his first career start. Bobby Houck said so in the postgame press conference. He said, we did not expect that guy to start, and it was like a fundamentally different offense. Th- that's where the question marks start to come into full force. A- Adam DeMonte replaced Kylan Weisner, or, excuse me, re- replaced uh, the, the drop-down kid that they brought in from Cal uh, dur- during the first half of Northern Arizona's 50-36 to loss to Utah Tech. That's right, the team that the Grizz beat by 30 and the Cats beat by 45. That team scored 50 on Northern Arizona and then held the Grizz to 14. All those little things go into it. But when you talk about the fact that the Grizz were, were unprepared and admittedly unprepared for Adam DeMonte, that's a huge red flag. When you talk about the fact that the Grizz touted their offensive line as one of, if not the strengths of their team all preseason and all offseason, and you got multiple super senior, multiple-year starters on the offensive front, and you average 1.3 yards per carry and give up that many sacks and can't do anything on offense, it's a huge issue. When you look at around the Big Sky Conference, even the teams that aren't expected to be good are getting way better quarterback play right now than Montana. And I don't think you can necessarily scapegoat this all on Sam Vidlak. I think this is a lot more on the offensive staff and the way that they've been handling all of this. I thought their their notion that they were going to run this dual quarterback system, but it wasn't actually a dual quarterback system. It was a my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn system that, that was supposed to like promote some sort of secrecy and some sort of yeah, element of surprise coming into conference play. I, I thought it was a, a flawed idea from the very beginning. And, and then you see how little confidence and, and how little rhythm that either of the quarterbacks have right now and when you combine the fact that with that with you can't protect them, you're getting next to nothing out of your tight ends in the pass or the run game. That they seem to be, there seems to be fundamental miscommunications up front, offensively, for the Grizz, and and it all culminates in one of the worst losses that Montana has experienced, uh, at least in my time covering them. Certainly during Bobby Houck's tenure at Montana. And when the Grizz go on the road and lose like that and the Cats go on the road and win like that, it makes Montana, the state of Montana, ablaze. Everybody's talking about it. The Cats are reveling in the fact that the Grizz aren't any good. The Grizz are sitting here thinking, well, what's going to happen when the Cats come to Missoula? I will always remind people that it's just one game. You can play terribly bad in a game, and then maybe that is an eye-opener for you and you can get back on track and, uh, and get right. But I just think there's broader questions right now for the Grizz. And the Cats, anytime they seem to face any sort of adversity, it seems like they don't skip a beat, and they, they got the answer uh, ready to roll. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I don't want to sound like I'm piling on the Grizz, because I do think that the, the, the narrative right now around the state is, is uh, 
is on fire. I mean, the, the Grizz are on fire right now, and I, I don't mean that in a good way. And the Cats are on fire right now, and I do mean that in a good way. And uh, it's uh, it's just really interesting the way that the ebbs and flows go back and forth. But let's hear from Montana State head coach Brent Vegan just quickly on his team's forty-four to, or forty to zero. I keep saying 44. 40 to zero win over Weber State in Ogden. Here's Brent Vegan just his general comments uh, after Montana State moved to one and zero in Big Sky play. Well, I think we we came down here uh, to to do a lot of things we did tonight. I don't know if we we would have predicted 40 to zero, but you know I think we came down knowing that we'd have to play hard um, and we'd have to be physical and you know, really dialed in. And I think our guys you know did an excellent job of all those things because it, it was a little bit of a slow burn there. I mean it was a little bit back and forth at the beginning, but you could see we were wearing them down offensively and defensively. We were we were locked in from the from the start. So you know really pleased with that. We were able to negate their uh, their returner with as many times as we kicked. You know that was a bit. You know I know we had an uneven uh, uh, day by Brendan, but he certainly kept uh, Abraham Williams, you know, uh, without, we had one opportunity, I think, at the beginning, so, um, you know, good team win, you know, I know there's things that uh, we're going to look at come tomorrow and into Monday that, that we can improve upon and then reset and get ready for, uh, for Portland State. The level that the Cats are executing at right now, First of all, their six foot nine kicker, Brendan Hall, who did, by the way, miss two field goals. That's what Vegan was talking about, how he had sort of a, an uneven day. But he kicked it, you know, completely out of the back of the end zone, and like as Vegan said, almost to the parking lot every time that they had a kickoff, except the first one. But that wasn't an accident. Brendan Hall laid it out there so that Abraham Williams would grab it and try to return it on the very first kickoff of the game. And Abraham Williams got swarmed by six different cats. So to be able to say, hey, on the first kickoff, we're going to kick it to him and we're going to tackle him, and then after that, we're not going to give him another chance, that's a high level uh, of execution. Montana, a lot of things execution-wise eluded this team at Northern Arizona. Here's Bobby Houck's general comments after his team's 28-14 loss in Flagstaff. Yep. So um, first, congratulations to NAU. What a, I mean, in the head coaching manual, Chris Ball ought to write a chapter uh, it was a magnificent coaching job getting that team back. I mean, they got worked over by a team that didn't even challenge us two weeks ago last week, and they came out and played and found a way to win. Um, nice job by them, first of all. And then uh, for us, we didn't play well enough in, on the special teams. We didn't play well enough on defense, and we generated very little on offense. So we uh, – Failed in all three phases of the game tonight. Got beat in our uh, conference opener. Um, so we've got to go home and, and uh, lock it down, and we got to we got to get some things right. So that was that was uh, not a good enough performance for a conference game by us. Frustration abound for Bobby Alk. It's the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. The offensive struggles for Montana is is not really new. I mean, I, I think that they haven't looked very good offensively for the last couple of years, which is so bizarre because when Bobby Houck first came back, the Grizz actually looked not only really good on offense, but also really creative. 2018, they were sort of trying to piece it together and rebuild it in what into what they wanted it to be. But 2019, they were lights out on offense. I mean, they were awesome. They looked great on offense. They had multiple playmakers across the board. Samari Torrey and Sammy Akim were 
pretty much unguardable. Dalton Sneed's a pro quarterback. I mean, he he had an opportunity in the CFL. He's playing indoor football now, but he's a really good quarterback. But since then, it, it's it's been almost non-existent offensively. But that's nothing new. They've won more than they've lost the last couple of years because they've been lights out on defense, and they've been the best special teams not only in the Big Sky Conference, but in the country. So to see a team struggle on offense at the walk-up Skydome, not that surprising. To see a team not tackle well and get completely twisted into a pretzel by Northern Arizona's uh, two freshman quarterback, which they didn't expect, the trick plays that they ran with a bunch of double reverses and wide receiver passes, for the Grizz to be fundamentally unsound in those positions, totally totally bizarre to watch. And But more than anything, though, I, I was really thinking this, and I'm going to do some research on this. Montana got their first punt of the game blocked. I'm not sure a Bobby Houck team has ever given up a blocked punt. I, I really don't know if they if they have. I can never remember it happening at Montana. Maybe it happened when he was at UNLV, but I truly can't remember off the top of my head somebody blocking a punt against Montana. So if if if, if you if you're going to try to overcome your stagnant sort of average at best offense with a salty defense and, and a peerless special teams, you can win more than you're going to lose. You're going to be you could be a playoff team at Montana. That's been tried and true. They did it last year. If you're going to get if you're going to lose all sorts of fundamental control defensively and not tackle well and get beat by trick plays, and you're going to get beat in a kicking game, man, you're going to have a really hard time uh, winning if you're the Montana Grizzlies. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. What do you think? 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text us. And uh, any and all texts, Andrew will forward them along. We'll get you on the air. I know I just said a ton about both Montana and Montana State, but I got three big things about the Cats, three big things about the Grizz. Plus, we'll hear from Brent Vegan, Sean Chambers, and Ben Seymour from the MSU side of things, and more from Bobby Houck as well. The Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. You want some free Dazzler's? Dazzler's have the best car washes in Missoula. They, it's thorough. It's efficient. Keep your car sparkling, shiny, clean at Dazzler's Car Wash all fall long. They're right next to us here at Radio Way. Call us, 406-888-1029. Call number five. We got 50 bucks for you to Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Proud to present the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now. Back right after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. 
now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's amazing how when you cover college football every single weekend and you cover multiple games per weekend, and sometimes as many as three or four, and then you watch at least two of those games again and again, how they all just completely blur together. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for the notes. I was contemplating if the Grizz had ever got a punt blocked when Bobby Houck was their head coach like they did against Northern Arizona on Saturday. Y'all reminded me, Weber State, thanks, we got like several texts about this. Weber State playoffs 2019 when it was rainy and cold. Uh, the, obviously, the uh, the two things that stood out in that game that are were sort of unforgettable was Dalton Sneed throwing a handful of picks uh, for Montana, and then Adam Rodriguez having four sacks and probably a million other quarterback hurries. I mean, he was an absolute animal in that game, and uh, the Grizz lost 17-10 to in the quarterfinals uh, of the FCS playoffs that year, but there was a, a blocked punt toward the end of the game. We also had uh, a listener inquire about Weber State's long snapper, Grant Sands. He, of course, had the... Uh, the nightmare day of any long snapper I've ever seen, snapping the ball in the back of the end zone four, count them four times in Bozeman uh, in 2022, but he was fine snapping the ball on Saturday. Didn't even notice him, and that's the best compliment you can give uh, to a long snapper. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. It's presented, or excuse me, it is presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. This is New Honest Now on ESPN Radio. Uh, let's go three big things about the Cats, three big things about the Grizz. We'll go through the Cats real quick. Because I'm going to spend a little bit more time on the Grizz uh, just because I think there's some more further analysis to be had there. My first big thing about the Cats, it's my personal opinion that I think, first of all, having two all-league caliber quarterbacks is awesome, especially when both those guys run around and neither one of them can seem to stay healthy. That's what the Cats got with Sean Chambers and Tommy Mallott. That said, I think the Cats are better when they operate with one quarterback. We saw it last year when Chambers was the lone guy. He was lights out. When Tommy Mallott was the lone guy, he was also lights out. I do think that while it makes them really tough to defend and they can run these really creative packages, and I think it overall probably makes their run game better to have both guys available, total offensive production, I think they're better when they have one guy because they can keep the game plan more cohesive. One guy can get into a rhythm. It's, It's no surprise that Sean Chambers, when he was the one and only last year, he was the National Player of the Week against UC Davis. This week, he's the one and only against Weber State. He's the Big Sky Conference Player of the Week. So, uh, I just I don't know. I think that uh, sometimes Bobcat offense has a little bit more rhythm when they have just one guy. Sean Chambers talked about exactly that. Can you just talk about the, the beginning part of the game? You guys were running the ball just up the middle, pretty simplistic. Seemed like that opened up a lot, though. And then all of a sudden, you unlocked it and uh, kind of rolled from there. Yeah, I guess it's just the beginning of the game, trying to find our footing and trying to get into the flow of the game. Um, we knew we could run the ball on these guys, and that was our goal. Um, it was just going to be a matter of time. And, you know, credit to the old linemen for, you know, sticking to it and sticking to the script and eventually breaking up that, those holes up for running backs. The two touchdown throws to Pickering, it looked like the same play just to the other side. Is that pretty accurate? You were under center tonight more than, I mean, talk about that. Shout out Coach Regan over there, huh? Yeah, he got me right under center a long time ago, so no, but yeah, that was the game plan. Um, I don't know, I think Coach Housewright's pretty infatuated with the 49ers right now, and they kind of do a bunch of what we did tonight, so I'm trying to you know, replicate that. I mean, 
What was the week of preparation like, just knowing that you were the guy you're going to play the, the, from start to finish pretty much? Um, you know, just put your head down and go to work. Um, not just for me, but from, you know, everybody, scout team, um, backups, anybody. It doesn't matter. That's just kind of what Coach Began has instilled in us, just to put our heads down and go to work, regardless of who we're playing, regardless if we're going to play or not. So that's kind of what preparation was like. Sean Chambers here on Nuanas now. My second big thing about the Cats, if you understand their defensive scheme, what they do up front, it's a lot of line games, but a lot of times when teams are running stunts and blitzes, it's it's called. Well, the Cats, it's a lot, it's read-based. It's the four guys on the front four working in tandem, working as a unit. One guy goes here, so I'm going to go here. It's improvisational almost. So being on the same page in terms of verbal communication, but also nonverbal communication, is a key, a key factor. I think the two places that Montana State has made strides defensively is understanding that exact element, how they're going to work as a cohesive unit and play off of each other. Because then all of a sudden, like if you can run line games and also still remain gap sound and stay within the scope of the scheme, you're going to be almost impossible to block. You add that in with a secondary that's playing at an extremely high level. I think that Drew Polidor, the free safety for the Cats, is one of the breakout players of the Big Sky Conference so far. I think Rylan North, the strong safety, is another one. I mean, the Cats didn't even have their best corner in Simeon Woodard on Saturday, and Weber still had nothing in the past game. But I do think it all starts up front with the defensive line. Here's Brett Vegan on his defensive line execution. Shutouts are so rare in, in the Big Sky Conference. So what can you say about your defense today? No, it was a heck of an effort, you know, and, and they made some plays, but we, you know, we got them in a, a, a number of short yard situations where then we made the play there. Um, you know, that's typically what, what doesn't happen. Those drives continue, but we shut them down time after time. Um, got after their quarterback from a, a pressure perspective, really held the run game intact. I haven't, I haven't seen any stats, but I would think that looked pretty good for, for our defense. And, you know, we got a lot of subs in there at the end, and, and for them to um, keep them out of the end zone and preserve that that shutout, um, you know, like yeah, you said, it, that doesn't happen often. So, uh, really proud of that group. Um, really proud of that group. At the defensive line, I mean, it seems like they're communicating at a really high level while also playing with an incredibly high motor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we're getting more guys in there. We got Paul Brott back uh, tonight and, and playing a lot of guys, and they're just playing with their hair on fire. I mean, that's, that's what that group needs to do. They need to be on the same page. Um, you know, create opportunities for the guys behind them to make plays, and we, I thought we tackled really well um, tonight, just on the surface. Uh, and I think we've we probably had our best tackling game with the, the four right right there tonight, and against a good couple backs, against a really good offensive line. So, um, yeah, I can't say enough about how well the defense played tonight. Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Listen to Nuanas now on ESPN Radio. My third big thing about Montana State, who went on the road and got a forty to zero win. Over at Weber State, by the way, Bobcats' first Big Sky shutout since 2006 when they beat Portland State 14-0. The third big thing about the Cats, though, is I said coming into the year and coming out of week one, I thought this was as confident of a collective group as any team, particularly Montana State team, that I'd ever covered. That narrative was, was dampened a little bit because the Cats shot themselves in the foot so many times against South Dakota State. And then last week was sort of a... A not, you couldn't really analyze last week's game. They're playing a non-scholarship team in Stetson who didn't get to the stadium until about 75 minutes before kickoff because of all these travel struggles, and they played their whole roster. So it was almost impossible to, to analyze if that hunger remained. Well, you could, you could sense it and you could hear it talking to them after they went on the road and got a dominant victory. 
Ben Seymour, senior defensive end for the Cats, addressed that exact question. He had two sacks on Saturday night, and he said that the Bobcats were certainly on a mission on their way to Ogden. Definitely coming in, in their house and, and giving them a shutout and scoring 40 on them is, is a huge thing, and we wanted to send a message to the Big Sky. They certainly sent a message to the Big Sky Conference. Brent Vegan addressed that exact same dynamic. I don't know. I mean, I had the road struggles last year. We caught a couple teams that, that played pretty well. Um, we couldn't, you know, one thing I, I will say, both those games, you're, you're in particular probably talking about our Eastern and, and Northern Arizona, we had opportunities to to put them away. Um, and it took a little bit long, longer tonight, but we, I think we did that. So that's the biggest thing. Road, home, I, that part doesn't matter. But when given opportunities, even in our both games with Weber last year, we could have put them away in both of them. We didn't do that. They, I mean, those went down to the bitter end. So that's the thing that I look at the most. We were able to continue to lean on them and ultimately put them away, and then we're kneeling at the end like that and get a lot of players in. Is that a sign of growth, do you think, for your squad? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, and I think we're better. I, I think we're better on, on both sides of football. Um, you know, and, and to negate their return game, with, you know, he's so explosive, um, so explosive, and I'm certain they count on that as part of their, their production. And, and to, you know, the first one we covered well. We got, you know, uh, I think Aiden Parks took took a shot at him, disrupted him, we got him down. We didn't hit the ball we wanted to, but then, I mean, Brendan was putting that thing in the parking lot almost. So, you know, when you take that piece out of, of, of their game, um, you're doing something. And then, you know, defensively, um, I just think we can do more this year. Um, I, I do, and, and I think the guys are really believing in what we're doing and doing it at a fast rate. Brett Megan here on Nuan is now it's the Montana Football Hour. Presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Three big things about the Grizz. Uncharacteristic mistakes uh, across the board for Montana. Again, like I said in the, the first segment, the Grizz have, have struggled on offense the last couple of years. Going on the road and struggling offensively at the walk-up Sky Dome, I guess I wasn't really that surprised by that. But to have mistakes on special teams, get a punt blocked, have missed tackles, uh, not be able to really uh, execute a lot of different things, look relatively unprepared against Northern Arizona's offense, uh, just a litany of mistakes. Here's Bobby Halk on that dynamic. Freshman quarterback got started. You saw some time a week ago. Were you guys expecting to see a lot of him today? Were you expecting to see him start? Or how did you guys maybe kind of prepare for the quarterbacks this week? It wasn't really that. Um, we didn't expect to see him start, but, you know, um, they did a nice job. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at us. Um, took us a little, you know, it was like planted different offense than what we'd seen. But that wasn't the quarterback. That was, they just, they kind of blew it up and did some new stuff, and it was effective. Um, it was good coaching. Aaron had a nice plan. Kevin Clune had a nice plan. Um, you know, they, they got up two touchdowns early, and then it kind of settled in. But, uh, you know, we had our chances, and we didn't capitalize. We didn't execute. Uh, you know, so it's a shame not to, not to come down here and win. We did. What were you most disappointed about today? Uh, we had a good week of preparation. Uh, we had good focus by our guys. And I was disappointed by, one, uh, their performance, considering we had a good week of prep. And I was very disappointed that uh, – we had mistakes and busts on things that are first-day fundamental things, things that we did the first day of spring practice. I'm sure they did it all summer on their own and didn't bust it once, and we had <coughs> we had quite a bit of that uh, today in that game. 
what are some of those fundamentals that you would say, uh, like what would you- Well, fundamental plays. Uh, I mean, we didn't cover the tight end in three different man coverages on a, there's nothing complex about it. Um, and we had some zone plays where we just busted some zone run game, you know, um, simple down the field pass concepts where we ran the wrong route. So. Thank you. When I know you locked that conference, you just talked about what, what the breakdown was or how they were able to do that. Yeah. I'm going to have to see it on film. I mean, I, I don't know. I couldn't get, I could not get an answer from a player or a coach on who lost. Um, the guy I was watching that, that was free by design that we're going away from, uh, did not block it. So that's where my eyes were. So I don't, I, I'm kind of excited to see that one, uh, on the plane ride home. Second big thing about the Grizz. The quarterback play is subpar. And as I mentioned in the first segment, I don't think it's a, a single player issue. I think they've mismanaged the idea of having two quarterbacks and not empowering either one of them with confidence or trying to find a rhythm. I also think they've done a subpar job protecting the quarterback in the pocket and outside the pocket. And I also think that when teams can load up against your run game because they're, the run game's just not that creative, then you're going to have a hard time offensively from start to finish. I mean, how many times can you run dive and inside zone into the teeth of the defense on first down and then put yourself behind the sticks? I mean, they're constantly talking about how they haven't been able to get through their play card because they've just been constantly behind the sticks. Well, that's because they haven't done anything on first down. That's been their biggest struggle. Their first down struggles lead to their third down struggles, lead to their inability to get more first downs, leads to their inability of offensive rhythm. Bobby Alk was asked about the quarterback. Uh, oh, frustration uh, in the exchange. Why did you guys stick with Sam at quarterback throughout the second half? Um, why wouldn't we? It's a question. Why wouldn't we? Did you, did you think we should? Did you think we should have somebody else in? That's your decision. Because I wanted to, then I guess that was my decision. Is he showing you the? Is he making the type of? Problem? You know, we're not going to grade the players in a press conference, Frank. You ought to know that by now, okay? That's that's not what this is for. This is for me to take questions on the game. So ask away, Coach. They, uh, NAU is a really veteran defensive line. Um, what were they doing that was making it difficult um, to block and, and to get that push up front? Well, nothing. It, it was nothing schematic. I mean, they just those those guys played well. They're they're kids that have been in. They're young men that have been in the college weight room, one right there outside that door for for five or six years, and they're big, strong guys. They uh, they did a nice job playing with their hands and staying with it. So, you know, there were times where they won. There were times where we didn't win and get the ball out. So there's everything goes hand in hand in football. It's 11, 11 guys got to do it right. And their 11 did it better than our 11 today. Bobby Alk here on Nuanas Now. One more thought from Coach Alk. But my third big thing about the Grizz is I think that's definitively the worst uh, Big Sky Conference loss of, of Bobby Houck's 12 seasons at the helm for the University of Montana. I think the only other loss, Big Sky Conference loss by the Grizz that rivals their 28-14 loss at Northern Arizona on Saturday is when they went to Northern Colorado and lost during Bob Stitt. I can't remember if it was his second-to-last or final season at Montana. I think it was his final season, 2017. That was the first time Northern Colorado had ever beat the Grizz. I think that's the only other one in my 17 years covering Montana and the Big Sky Conference that rivals 
uh, this one. There hasn't been a lot of big sky losses for Montez, especially the first part of my career. I mean, the Grizz, when I was covering them in college, lost one conference game in four years. <laughs> so uh, that in itself uh, just, just shows you sort of the past compared to the present. But here we are, and I would say definitively one of the worst losses the Grizz have taken uh, over the last 20 years. Yet, the only way this loss could be worse is if you let it compound itself and you let it affect this week or next week or the week after. Montana didn't perform well. They made a ton of mistakes. They were bad on offense. They were undisciplined on defense. And they made uncharacteristic, to say the least, mistakes on special teams. You got to flush it, though. You got to put it behind you. If you can't, that's that means you're in real trouble. If the Grizz can just get right against Idaho State this week, then maybe go on the road at UC Davis and get a win, then all of a sudden you're you're kind of back on track. I mean, the fact of the matter is that if you're an 8-3 and three Grizz team at the end of the year, you're in the mix for a bye probably, but you're certainly getting a first-round home playoff game, and you're certainly in the playoffs. As we saw last year, even fading down the stretch like Montana did and getting blown out in their final game of the year uh, during the regular season to the Bobcats, that 7-4 and four Grizz team still made the playoffs, still got a home game, and still won a playoff game in advance of the playoffs. So... I think there's a lot to be concerned about right now if you're Montana. I also think, though, if you let last week eat into this week and eat into any other time throughout the rest of the season, you have to just flush it and treat it like an anomaly, not like a trend. Else it could could torpedo your season. One last mix of thoughts from Bobby Houck. Just talk about the importance of momentum, having it and using it. Did you feel like you guys ever had the momentum in this game? Sure. Uh, You know, when we didn't do much right today, no, we but when we when we scored uh, the second touchdown and then and then ran the two point conversion in to get back on schedule after we missed the first PAT, um, we had momentum. And then coming out of the locker room at halftime, we got them stopped. And we had a drive going uh, coming out of the locker room that, that you know if you get on score, you're in good shape. But we didn't do that. I mean, you look at it. We had twelve. Uh, we had twelve first downs, and we were two for twelve on third down. That, that's not going to get you where you need to go. You know, again, it, it wasn't a. There wasn't a bunch of adjustment needed to be made. I mean, there's, there's uh, we'll see. Uh, there's uh, a lot of opportunity there, and we're not capitalizing. So, you know, we've got to we've got to capitalize. They didn't do anything on defense particularly surprised us. Um, you know, got to we got to get first downs and go down the field and score, and we didn't do that. Well, there's obviously a lot of disappointed guys. In the locker room, what's kind of the message to them about getting back on the, the horse for next week? Well, if you know, if you're not disappointed, then you don't care enough. So there, everybody in here is disappointed. Um, we got to play better. You know, that's what it is. We got to, you know, every guy in the room, starting with me, has got to look in the mirror and say, "How do I do better this week?" And we got to come back with a <laughs> with a vengeance on Monday and get ready to go. I mean, the coaches will be in tomorrow, but. Where do, you, where do you think you're at as a, as a football team right now? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to go watch it. See, I mean, that's – what do you mean by – I don't know. What do you mean where we're at? We're sitting in Flagstaff, Arizona in the press room. That's where I'm at. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you said, you know, last year that – or uh, last week, you said after that game, you're like, oh, we're, we're not really where we were at last year. Oh, we're so not even close something. to where we were a year ago. Yeah, so we're just not as overall, good. How would you describe, like, you know, where you feel like you guys are at as a, as a program right now? Oh, we're not we're not as good as we were a year ago at this time. That's kind of what I said. Frustration's boiling over. But as I mentioned, it is a, a 
bad, embarrassing, surprising loss for Montana at NAU. You can't let that game beat you multiple times. You got to just go rip Idaho State in sh- into shreds and get some confidence going down to UC Davis. That, that's, that's the only thing you can do if you're Montana. You can't rewind it. You can't go play it again. You can't erase the mistakes. You did it. You lost. It's a bad loss. They struggled on the road since Coach Out came back. They're only 13 and 13 on the road since 2018. Yet, you got to just put it in the rear view for Montana. Three big things about the Grizz. Three big things about the Cats here on the Montana Football Hour. Couple parting thoughts before we get to Coach Marty right after this. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Welcome back, Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuwana's. This has been the Montana Football Hour. Of course, I. I had a lot to say, and that's what happens when Big Sky Conference play is here. So we're running a little behind, but have no fear. We're going to keep talking Grizz uh, and Big Sky Conference, and we'll also talk plenty of NFL uh, in hour number two. If you missed anything in this first hour, the Montana Football Hour, talking all things Grizz and Bobcats, uh, doubly, duly shocking. I was not shocked the Cats went to Ogden and won. I was shocked that Bobcats posted a 40 to nothing win over the number nine team in the country, and it was a, basically a no contest. I mean, the Cats slow bleed in the first half and then laid the hammer in the second half. Very impressive. I think everybody around the Big Sky Conference was shocked. Then Montana it went and struggled like they did at NAU. All that conversation, plus sound bites from Brent Vegan, Bobby Houck, Sean Chambers, and Ben Seymour can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Monday afternoon, quarterback. Marty Mornaweg in studio. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 